and welcome to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host and founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. If you haven't been to my website recently, can I please urge you to go and do it? Because you're probably thinking, Natasha, I need all the property investment resources because I'm ready to get going and I want to do X, Y, and Z. Fantastic. Come to my website, ncrealestate.co.uk. What you will see when you first get to the website is a pop-up and that's for a master spreadsheet. If you haven't got my master spreadsheet yet, you're going to want it. So type your name and your email address in and I will send that straight through to you. Then whilst you're there, take a look at my list of programs. So that's everything I offer on top of the members club. You will also find out information um, about the other programs, short courses that I have on offer, longer courses, how to book a call with me, all the goodness that I have on offer. So if you really need some additional property investment help and support, go to my website, ncrealestate.co.uk. And I promise you, you will walk away with some absolutely awesome resources. Okay, so today we're back in the studio. (laughs) We've got um, Josh, who is the producer of the Brooklyn Podcasting Studio. We're back here. He's open up again. And I'm very excited because it's starting to feel a little bit like things are returning to some sort of normalcy normalcy that's probably not even a word okay fine anyway normality that's the word um and I thought I would come back to you just as me because we've had so many great interviews over the last couple of months and I've got some great interviews scheduled coming out over the next couple of months as well but I thought I would do a check-in today let you know where I am what I'm looking at things that I've seen people discussing and talking about and all of these different things that I'm seeing going on in the industry I have made copious amounts of notes I've actually come prepared for my own podcast which sometimes I've been known not to in the past and just given you a 30 minute chat about what I know about subject but today I have some specifics first things first a lot of what I've been mulling over is that people are feeling completely out of their league with property investment right now like what they're doing isn't good enough it's not um Instagram worthy or social media worthy or there's a lot of information all around social media which is telling you do this don't do this you're an idiot if you're doing x y and z but you're freaking amazing if you've just started developing a hundred unit um block and my gosh you're going to get that finished within the next six weeks obviously that's not going to happen um I just want to come to you and say property investment doesn't need to be impressive it just needs to hit goals and meet objectives. So can we please get rid of this notion that we have to be flashing things around social media the whole time, showing off about what we've done, what we're doing. Yes, it's very inspirational to see other people's projects. But if you don't have a project that you can show off right now, because you know what, you've been social distancing and you can't get out to your projects, that is absolutely fine as well. You don't need to be posting about things to actually be doing things. We really have to keep that um, 
that mindset. And I also have to keep that mindset because there's a lot of things that go on in the background that I never get around to posting on Instagram stories or on Facebook or um, all of these different things. I don't have the time during my day to sit there and think, oh, an email's just come through and now I'm going to renegotiate on X because Y is happening. Life does not happen like that in property investment. It really doesn't. Things come in, you deal with them, you send them back out, you forget about them and on you go. That is as simple as it's got to be. One of the updates that um, I've got with my property portfolio, which if we think back to pre-COVID and um, what I was discussing at the beginning of the year, if you can even remember that it was the beginning of 2020, do you remember I had a leasehold tribunal going on? And it was incredibly... Um, uh, it, it was it was quite a heated tribunal because it had gone back so far. It had gone back seven years. This was something we were still debating and still discussing. Well, yesterday, I got an email through from the tribunal and they basically said, guys, can you sort this out yourselves? What's going on? Um, and the head leaseholder, who has always been the aggressor in this, pretty much, they are the people who just keep prodding the beast to get everybody fighting over things, which they've just not needed to do, um, came back and said, we don't have a problem with the leaseholders. Oh, shock. But I, instead, please, as a tribunal, can you just make the decision of whose responsibility it is to do the roof works and we will go ahead. Do you know what? For me, that's like water under the bridge now. Fantastic. We're not going to tribunal. We're not wasting our time anymore. We got what we want. We're going to get the roof works done. All we're waiting for is a tribunal decision. And that is it. And actually thinking about it, having that time off where people could reflect and not get so heated seems to have done wonders for this because it will just continue it will just continue as it is um, and we'll get the job done. I hope Look, if this goes on for another seven years, I'm not going to be happy. But for now, I'm really, really, really happy to just let that. OK, fine. Thanks for the decision. We knew you never meant to take us to tribunal. You were probably just piling on the pressure, hoping that we would say go ahead with the works, which is what we did. Fair game you know, and that's that. No, no hard feelings. So that's a really positive thing for me to come out of it. Positive in the fact that I'm optimistic that the roof works might get done one day in the next 12 months. Secondly, can I just say how helpful uh, everybody is now being around contractor work and managing properties and getting things sorted out. Um, I find the innovation that is going on due to COVID to just be phenomenal. For example, um, in one of the properties that I look after, um, I've had a lot of works that needed to be doing, and that includes putting up new blinds, fixing old blinds, cleaning things, you know, all of the kind of bits and pieces that go on. This isn't Instagram worthy stuff. This isn't stuff that I really feel the need to be broadcasting everywhere. It's just the mundane routine. This is what looking after a property is and one of the lovely dry cleaning services in central London he got on the phone with me and I was like I just need someone to fix the blind it doesn't need a new blind we need it just needs restringing that is it and a clean phoned me up and said Natasha do you know what if you can um ask the tenant to let me in but keep at a social distance I will 
drive to the property, take down the blind, take it back to my workshop, dry clean it, uh, restring it, come back and rehang it. How useful is that? Would that have ever happened pre-COVID? No, now that is a service that I can get and it's pretty reasonable. That service is 95 pounds and that is for a full um, floor to ceiling height window. I mean, that's not in London, that's never heard of. And now we're getting services like that. And if you're listening to this, and you're saying, Natasha, you've just been ripped off. I don't care. It's helpful. It's happened. And I'm in New York. That's going on in London. And it's happening really quickly. Fantastic. Great. So happy about that. So what I want to take away from my kind of ramblings here is the fact that things have changed. But I think everybody having a pause doesn't mean that you're not doing what you say you're doing. It means that you've been able to learn, you've been able to reflect, you've been able to think actually what matters. And I go back to the point, property investment doesn't need to be impressive. It just needs to hit goals and meet objectives. And as long as you are doing that with your property portfolio, who cares what that looks like for other people? You just doing your job as a landlord. So let me talk to you about the next thing that I am looking at, which I guess people are thinking, I've had some people turn around and say, Natasha, I don't know even why you are looking at this right now. And that is commercial and mixed use property. And I'm going to take a punt on this because this is my bread and butter. This is what I was trained in. This is what I enjoy getting my teeth sunk into. So let's have a quick discussion around this and why I still think it's an important investment class. As long as you understand that there are risks involved, this is something that you're going to be taking on a punt on for the long run, not just for the short run, right? But this is going to be about, okay, as a property investor, how do I make income for myself? But also, how do I start looking at how I help businesses and propping things up? So just to get some uh, definitions out of the way, What's the difference between commercial property and a mixed use property? Well, commercial property, and I use these terms interchangeably, but commercial property is property that has business in it. So would tend to be, um, have leases that are on the 1954 Act and were, yeah, just commercial tenants. So retail, office, industrial, leisure, that's kind of what I'm talking about there. And then mixed use is a bit of commercial, a bit of resi. That's what I'm talking about. So these types of properties fit into property investment strategy when you are looking to diversify. So that could mean that you have a portfolio of maybe all residential, which would be normal for a small property investor to have, but you're thinking, well, how do I diversify and mitigate against any risk? Okay, I might take some commercial. Now, at the moment, commercial is more risky than residential. I'm not going to lie, that is what's happening. But having different asset classes within your property portfolio means that you can, um, when the going's good with one of them, it might not be so good with the other, but you're always balancing that out so that you know you've probably got an income coming in from somewhere. So it would be the sort of thing that you would buy when you're thinking, oh, I'd like a high yield, a more high yielding property. Maybe I want commercial because I don't want any maintenance responsibility of my building. I want uh, to collect rent on a quarterly basis. And I quite like the idea of 
structuring town centers and areas around that with the sort of commercial tenants that I'm after. And maybe that's of interest to you. And if you are like me, and there's probably not a lot of people out there like me who love doing this kind of stuff. If you are a bit of a lease geek, so you love reading leases and you like doing the strategy around that, commercial is really the sort of strategy that you'd want to get involved in. So where am I finding these type of investments? Well, Property Link from the EGI is a really good one. Although for anybody who's been on the EGI and just typed in, I would like um, retail office, industrial um, and leisure. And then you get a whole country full of all of these commercial units. It might be mind blowing, especially because they don't um, condense based upon a level, a price le level. So not like Rightmove who does any properties under 100,000 or 200,000. No, they, the property link from the EGI um, base on pound per square foot. So that's where it can be a bit tough to judge. But if you decide on your investment area or where you'd like to invest, you can then zoom in and start having a look. Really easy to click through. I tend to go on a, okay, I'd like to buy something roughly around a 10% yield. So you can see that if it's if it's 250,000 pounds, you'd need to be getting 25,000 pounds in. And that comes up in the overview. So you can start having a look if that's something that's right for you. So you just get those numbers in your mind and you start looking through. Um, the other place I look is the commercial auctions. There's a lot of commercial and mixed use property coming to commercial auctions at the moment. Um, and they tend to start off at a reasonable amount. Or you could look on Rightmove Commercial. I don't find that the stock is that great on there. They, do, they don't have an overview or an all round stock, but it's certainly worth checking out. So then what am I looking for in regards to these type of investments? Well, I have strict characteristics based upon lending. Now, just be aware with mixed use and commercial property that if there isn't a good quality tenant, in the commercial unit, you'd probably struggle with a commercial mortgage. You'd have to buy on short-term finance, get that filled, put in a good uh, lease. And from there, you would then be able to refinance out onto a longer-term mortgage if that was what you wanted to do. So you would really be looking for the commercial part of the property to be occupied with a lease that's going to run for at least the next two to three years from the date of purchase. That is uh, de-risking the asset. Um, and it means that you, you're guaranteed that rent for a couple of years. Just be wary of break clauses. Most commercial leases have a break clause in there somewhere. So if that break clause is literally the month after you're about to purchase, I'd be really worried about a tenant um, operating the break. So do make sure that you're structuring the purchase properly. You also want to check, have the commercial tenants been performing during COVID? So have they been paying their rent? Have they been paying their service charge? Have they been paying their insurance? All of these things are really important. Even if they've taken a discount, knowing that these tenants have been able to pay during one of the worst periods of time that they will ever experience is such a good sign going forward. And they would have had a, a lot of help. We all know that everybody's been given help. You know, these four-click business loans that we, we've all seemingly been given. I've, taught, I've spoken at length about the fact that I was doing my um, 
online banking and going through everything like I do on a monthly basis only to have pop up. Do I want a COVID business bounce back loan four clicks later? And I'd managed to um, get an interest free loan for 25% of my annual turnover. I was like, okay, fab. Thanks for that. <laughs> so, you know, everybody's being able, being like chucked money left, right and center in, um, in, the, in the UK. They will have had their rates three period, which will be helping. Um, the business grants. And again, if you've not taken your business grant or even had a look into getting your business grant and you have a premises that that you trade from and you're pay, you've been paying business rates in the past, please go and have a look into whether you can still get one of those grants. It's £10,000 for small businesses. It's £25,000 for big businesses and you never have to pay that back. So if you if you have access to that, please go and get it. Bearing in mind that... We also have to remember that at some point over the next couple of years, the government are going to have to get this money back from somewhere. So chances are there'll be increased taxes. So just put it in a savings account if you're not going to use it right now, ready for if there is that rainy day that comes along where you need that extra money. So just be very mindful of that. Um, but commercial tenants will get that. So you also need to be passing on that information to your commercial tenants. So again, that goes to the point, have they been able to perform? Have they actually done their research and got all of the help that's available to them and been supported during this time? Um, and have they been paying the rent so there's no arrears outstanding? And then number three, have you got a lease? And with the lease, you need to be going through it and reading all of the terms and making sure that that lease is acceptable to you. So things to be looking out for with a lease. Firstly, is there a deposit or a guarantor for if the tenant stops performing, so they stop paying rent? Number two, is there a rent review where you would have the option to put the rent up as the market improves? I'm not saying you have to put the rent up at rent review, you certainly don't. But if the option is there, that's a really positive thing. As I said before, you need to be looking for break clauses. You need to know whether the lease is inside or outside the 1954 Act. And if you want to know more about the 1954 Act, go to my website, ncrealestate.co.uk, type in the search bar, 1954 Act, read the article that I've put there. Um, it's That is the information that you need about the 1954 Act. And have a look at the lease term as well, because if it, the lease only lasts for the next six months, one of the big things that you should then be doing is looking at on completion is, can I renegotiate the current lease so that on completion, I have another five, 10 year term with this tenant, they're happy, I'm happy because I've now got a, uh, a more guaranteed rent, which means that the property is worth more. So those are the key things that you need to be looking at, but read the lease in detail. And if you don't understand commercial leases, please make sure that you're speaking to your solicitor about it. So those are the three things that you'd need to be looking out for. Then you need to be checking to see whether the market is performing and how the market is performing. And one of the best ways of doing this is to use the Knight Frank Commercial Investment Yield and just type that into Google. And every month they provide the commercial investment yields um, based upon how they see market sentiment at the time, whether it's improving, whether it's declining, whether it's staying stable. And you can check the yields. The higher the yields, the worse they think this asset is performing. So you can see where that's going. 
And then that helps you negotiate on price accordingly. Now, there's a lot of speculation as to whether commercial will stand the test of time. And my response to that is that, yes, it will, but it's going to have to change. And as landlords, we need to be prepared to be more innovative with it. And that means that we need to be looking at the live, work, play. How do we stay safe within that? That's what we need to be looking at. So do we need to be able to change floor plans? Do we need to be able to change the use easily? Could we adapt the front or the rear of our units so that uh, trade uh, tenants can operate with curbside pickup? Could restaurants change to takeaways? All of these different things which give these businesses the best possible chance of surviving. We're not going to be able to stay in our houses and lock everything away things still need to happen so your job as a landlord is to then look at what is working and what isn't which goes back to looking at um, investment yields and how they're changing because you'll start seeing what investment class is strong or improving rather it's not going to be strong right now but it might be improving or at least staying stable and then thinking how can I adapt this unit to this now, whereas previously history has already has, has shown that users used to uh, properties used to be able to stay in their current form for twenty years, thirty years, and then they would need to be remodeled. Now that has sped up to around five years, where every five years you need to be taking a step back, looking at your commercial property, and thinking, does this still work, or do I need to change it based upon the current times? We have to get used to doing that. We definitely have to get used to doing that. And we have to work that into our maintenance schedules, our improvement schedules. We need to be saving money accordingly to make sure that we can do that, which probably means that the cost of commercial will come down slightly because, you know, you can't just have an investment that you're now so hands off with. You just keep churning tenants. It's not going to be how it works. We have to become innovative. So there's going to be a place for it. You just have to be commit to the fact that you are going to have to look at it more regularly than your average 20 year property cycle, you might need to think, okay, this commercial unit is going to be on a five year cycle. Every five years, we need to look at the market and see how it's performing. So what skills then do you need to be good at commercial? Well, it's attention to detail and it's strategy, but the attention to detail comes from reading the lease and then making sure that you're getting the right tenant in a premises. There are still tenants who want to be in commercial tenant uh, in commercial premises and there's going to be that need for it. I mean, have a look around now when you go out, which you probably are still going out, what are you using? You're going to the pharmacies or you're going to the local shops or you know, there's still places that you go. And as more and more things open, there'll be more and more places that you go to. So rather than just doing that obliviously, you know, you go on autopilot and you do these things, start really paying attention to what you're using, where you're going, how many people are there. And that's going to start, that's going to be telling you what properties are doing well right now and what which aren't because there's still going to be things that are closed and there will be things that shut down for good and your whole outlook on this is that you are going to have to keep your eyes wide open and be aware of the situation and how that's changing and 
what works and what doesn't. So this is me saying to you that if you are out to change your strategy and you want to look at things that bring in a higher income and generally I actually have to say that commercial is far easier to manage than residential if you get all your processes in place commercial tends to just tick over because business tenants are only there during the day usually they're not there overnight although that's something else that you're going to have to think about if you've got office space should you now be applying to the council for for 24 hour use so that offices can start doing shift work if you're only allowed 50 percent of people in your offices could you during the day have uh, have the tenants allow 50 percent in then they have that hour changeover period or two hour changeover period where the cleaners come in disinfect everything and you have your overnight shift come in you need to be thinking about that because if you can offer that as a solution to your tenants my gosh you start looking like a great landlord You see, so all of these things you have to be aware of. And it's not as if you just click your fingers and the awareness happens. It's start looking out for these opportunities. And this is where the innovation in your property portfolio is going to come from. And yes, commercial is completely accessible for you. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm bidding on a unit at the moment, which is £250,000. The annual rent is £25,000. No, I'm not going to say where it is right now, um, just in case I get it because I'm trying to bid a lot lower than that. If it happens and it comes through, I will let you know. Um, But that's still very much in the early stages, just because these opportunities are around. Like, even if I get that on a a 60% loan to value mortgage, the income on that, that net, saying like £1,600 a month. I'd be silly not to do it, but it does need a lease renewal. That's one of the things that I have to, I would have to do if I do manage to get that. Um, the lease only runs for the next fifteen months, so I w- would try and um, renegotiate with the current commercial tenant for a lease extension for five years because there's things that then could be done with the building. So again, that's the sort of thing that you need to be looking for. It's possible in the market. Don't just go into it as a commercial to residential conversion. No, you can still make money from commercial. You just have to be wise with it. So I hope that's given you some ideas. I hope that's given you some food for thought. And I kind of hope it's reassured you that right now, even the little things that you're doing mean that you're a good investor or you're doing property investment you don't have to be doing all of these big things but keep an eye out in the market do what excites you start looking at the ways in which people are being innovative and ask how can I take that on in my property portfolio because the industry is changing right before our eyes it really is you know every week the market changes the tenants that are surviving or even thriving changes and of course we lose some market players But your job is to start re-innovating yourselves because that's how you are going to have the most success as a property investor. So I hope this has been really useful for you. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, It's been lovely just being here and catching up with you guys. And I hope you're well. I hope your family is well. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you achieve as we come out of this. So do, do make sure that you let me know. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have, please make sure to uh, subscribe and leave a fabulous review because that helps other people find this. 
Thank you for listening. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.